Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard the number where you can call in and be on the show and ask your question or give your prayer request as the number to call to be on Calvary Live is 303-690-3000. Again, welcome to today's program. So good to be back with you. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I've been away from the mic for a little over a week. I was with some family, and so it's good to be with you and ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. As you can give us a call, grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. This is your program, and I hope that you're having a blessed day. Welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado and up in the southern Wyoming. Uh, I hope that we can be a blessing to you as you're listening. Maybe you're in a commute. Maybe you're uh, listening at work or at home, uh, wherever you are. If you can give us a call, maybe there's a question that your Bible reading has brought up, or maybe you got a question about current events. Uh, how do we have a worldview uh, as Christians concerning those things that we see around us? Uh, or maybe you have a question about Christian living. love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. So grab one of those open lines, grab it early in the show, and you'll ha- we'll have plenty of time to be able to talk with you and converse with you and pray with you if you have a prayer request as we go to the throne of God in time of need. And so privileged to be able to do that. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And as most of you know that listening to Calvary Live, that there is another means to ask questions or to uh, give a prayer request, and that is a dedicated text line at 720-336-0897. And not only do I welcome all the Grace FM listeners that are listening live in Colorado, it's a gray day today, but hey, all this moisture, it's going to green up, it's going to be wonderful, uh, and uh, so uh, be careful as you're driving out there as we have rain across the area, the listening area. But um, also I want to welcome uh, those on the East Coast on Truth FM and Hope FM and love to have you join in with us and give us a call. Such a blessing that we can be a part of your lives out there. And you know that you're a week delayed, but some of you are listening online, so I want to welcome all the online listeners as well all across the country, that you too can call at this number, 303-690-3000, and give me a call or the text line 720-336-0897. And by the way, those of you out on the East Coast, uh, some of you have uh, emailed and you're going to perhaps be coming out to Colorado for a vacation. We're getting into that time of the year where it is vacation. Uh, you may be traveling to Rocky Mountain National Park There are millions of visitors. I think they get about 3 million visitors a year from all over the world, many from, uh, you know, driving out from uh, the East Coast or the Midwest. And uh, if you're driving through Greeley, we're only about 45 miles away, just due east of Rocky Mountain National Park. 
We're blessed to be able to get up and look at those mountains every day. Uh, if you have the opportunity to stop by and say hello, love to be able to meet you and uh, say hello to you as uh, and let us know that you've been listening to the show. And uh, we uh, will be here this summer, of course, having our services. And also, I want to make a, another announcement. Uh, excited about as we're heading into summer, uh, sometimes churches kind of, uh, they... Uh, begin to slow down and to uh, do away with services. We're going to continue with our three Sunday morning services uh, during the summer and Wednesday night. We're back in the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights. Tomorrow we're going to be in Revelation chapter 5. And if you've never done a study in the book of Revelation, you want to to be in this study. Uh, we are looking at that heavenly scene. We're going to be looking at this drama that unfolds uh, before the throne. It, it deals with the seven-sealed scroll, and that gives a real clue, and it gives the very foundation of what is going to be taking place in chapter 6 through 18 in that final seven-year period called the tribulation period. So come out Study the book of Revelation with us. It is a book that is meant to be studied. There's a special blessing that is attached to the book of Revelation. Those who read the words, those who hear the words, and those who keep the words, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And uh, so we are, uh, you know, uh, looking at Jesus as he's revealed to us uh, more and more uh, as we go through the book of Revelation to us clearly. He's on the throne. And things are happening so fast in this world today that it is all pointing so many things that we see around us to the soon return of Jesus Christ. So Wednesday night's the book of Revelation, Sunday morning's the book of Romans, and then also next month, and we'll start to get to our phone uh, calls here in just a minute, but next month, June 3rd through the 5th, for those of you in the Greeley area in Weld County, we do our park outreach at Island Grove Park. If you're up here in this area, all of you know where Island Grove is. That's where this Greeley Stampede is. And we do our vacation Bible school in the morning, June 3rd through the 5th. And so we invite you to come out, bring your kids, and we have games, we have crafts. Uh, we're going to uh, to teach them the gospel, share the gospel with them. The theme this year is Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13, and God's thoughts towards you, God's plans for you, and that God can be found by you. And so we are so excited. We reach out to this community for kids to come. Uh, some of them come and hear the gospel for the first time, take it back to their families, but come out and join us in Island Grove Park. It's fun. Uh, it's wonderful. You can register at the church here, uh, and you can also pre-register your kids online at CalvaryChapelGreeley.com. So Island Grove Park, Vacation Bible School, our park outreach on June the 3rd through the 5th. They'll be here before we know it, and so we'd love for you uh, to join us with that. So we're going to get to the phone lines. I just got a text from Kevin from the radio station. Actually, Rocky Mountain National Park has over four and a half million visitors that come to the park. So if you're one of those listening uh, from out of state and you're dropping by Greeley, we'd love to be able to say hello to you. Hey, 303-690-3000, give me a call, but let's go to line one to Mary in Aurora. Mary? Mary, are you with us? 
I don't know if we dropped you, Mary, or we lost you, but uh, Mary, you want to pray for your son, and so we're going to pray for him. Uh, the Lord knows the circumstances, and uh, so I want to take the time to do that. So, Father, I just pray for Mary who called. Somehow we got disconnected, but Lord, uh, this is it was important for her to call into the show today and pray for her sons who's just dealing with drugs. And Lord, it's such a um, a terrible addiction. It's hard. It's difficult. Lord, there are listeners right now that have people that they care about, maybe sons, daughters, spouses, uh, grandchildren, friends that are addicted to drugs, and drugs are a destroyer. So, Lord, we pray for Mary's son, uh, that you would free him from these drugs, that you would help him, that you would strengthen him, that, uh, Lord, you do a healing work in him, and that there would be a turning to you, Lord. And we don't know the circumstances, but you do. And we know that you care for people, Lord. And you're the one that can free uh, anyone from any kind of addiction um, and anything that we need because you are almighty God. And so we'd love to be able to, um, to uh, Lord, just give that message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ. So I pray for Mary's son that you would do that work. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So if you got a prayer request, give me a call or give me a text. That text line is 720-336-0897. You are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Let's go to Steve in Belmar. Steve? How you doing? How you doing, Pastor Good. Jeff? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I'm wondering about yoga and Christians. I heard that it could be a satanic cult, but people aren't seeing it because it's so popular and the way they use their hand symbolism, the fingers with the, um, the six, six, six on both hands, the way they sit. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, I don't know a whole lot about yoga. I know that yoga, it it can take on different forms when it starts involving what I'm understanding, um, Steve, is New Age is starting to make a comeback again. Oh, I know. Um, and it's starting to become popular again. They're calling it the second resurrection of New Age. And right. it was popular, those of us who are older, we remember that back in the 80s and 90s, New Age was popular. And then it kind of, you don't hear much about it, but uh, now it's starting to come back. And New Age is, it's it's difficult to understand it in yoga and all that because there's some people that do yoga for, for exercise, you know, to stretch the muscles and stuff. But there's yep. others that do it for to take in meditation, uh, meditating, and there's more to it. So right. uh, as Christians, um, we need to be careful that we're not getting involved in some kind of Eastern mysticism and right. and and prayer and whatever it is that is starting to come up with yoga again. So I think Christians need to be wise. They need to be discerning because uh, New Age will use terms uh, like the Christ consciousness and the Christ in you. We know from the Bible that Christ dwells in our hearts, but that's completely different, completely different than the Christ consciousness or Christ is in you because what they're saying is, that you're God and you're Christ, you know, these kinds of connotations that Christians need to be very, very careful of. So I think, first of all, 
Um, you know, if, if there's yoga and I don't know much about it, if it's stretching muscles, doing things, that's one thing. But when it starts taking in Eastern mysticism and, you know, uh, and all of that, uh, that right. starts to involve new age, then stay away from it and Absolutely. shouldn't be involved in it. So does that help out? Well, yeah, I mean, my friends, I, I love them a lot, but I, I'm not going to be able to hang out with them anymore because they do things that, that the Holy Spirit tells me that's wrong. They do not right. have discernment from God. And usually when you have the Holy Spirit, God gives you discernment through the Holy Spirit, right. and the Holy Spirit pushes you in different directions to go to different people and pray and preach to them, and and you get discernment from God, correct? You know, John talks about that in his epistle. He says we have an anointing from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is there to teach us. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to, first of all, draw us to Christ, and then the Holy Spirit is the comforter, but the Holy Spirit also teaches us. And Jesus said that, and John reiterates that um, in his epistle, that the Holy Spirit is there to to be a discerner for us. And so uh, it's wonderful to have the Holy Spirit that, when things don't seem right, and that's why we need to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, um, because the Holy Spirit will will give warning, and then we can go to the Word of God that we are to test the spirits to see if they are of God, because John writes uh, in that epistle that many false prophets and teachers have gone in, out into the world. And I think right. the problem, Steve, that we're seeing today is a lot of Christians don't have discernment. There's a lack of discernment in the lives of Christians because there's a lack of teaching the Word of God. There's a lack of encouraging Christians to be students of the Word of God because what can take place, and and I'm not trying to say this is every church, but we do see more of a trend of that entertainment or what is trendy or what sounds good. And Paul would warn us that in the last days that there's going to be those who uh, are going to be seeking, um, you know, because they have itchy ears. And they are going to heap up teachers uh, going after fables and myths, and there's going to be a falling away from the faith. Paul says that's going to happen in the last days, not that it might happen. We know that it's happening right now. And these are, I believe, one of the signs that the Lord is coming back soon, and we see that there is a turning away from the Word of God. Uh, The things that, you know, in our own paper, Steve, here, um, there's an article by somebody who says he's a a minister at one of the churches, and Mm -hmm. he denies the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the infallibility of the Word of God, and it's very disturbing to me when I read this, that this is going out to a community in the papers, and, right. and, and it it's makes, sad. Yeah. It makes you sick, because the Holy Spirit is in you, and you, that when you hear, like, just when somebody curses at me or near me, I get sick. Like, I used to curse so, all the time, you know? Yeah. And, but once I start walking with God, everything changed in my life. Right, right. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. So I think, Steve, the important thing is pray for your friends. You know, keep sharing the Word of God with them. Love them, but we give the truth in love. And um, a lot of us that are listening right now to our conversation 
are facing that same thing. And there are people around us that we care for and love that we need to give the truth of God's Word, encourage them to seek God, seek His Word, and um, that we live in very dark and perilous times. And um, we need to be wise and discerning, because Paul wrote to Timothy that we need to be a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And otherwise, I tell my congregation all the time, listen, if you are not one that's in the word of God and knowing the word of God, you will get deceived. You will get deceived in the day. Absolutely. All right, Steve. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I got one more. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, Should I worry about other people's salvation if they're not doing the right thing? I think that we should have a heart for the lost. Um, I don't think that we go through life like I don't care if they're saved or not, and I don't think. No, that I don't. I don't mean that way. Right. I mean in a good way, like care about their salvation. Because somebody I, told me that one of the pastors said to her, "I should, uh, people should worry about their own salvation, and not worry about anybody else's." And I said, "Well, well why is he preaching?" Because well, I, yeah, I think there's. There's a problem in that because, yeah. you know, when you know we need to have a heart for people because this is real. This is yeah. real, and um, you know, I for example, I did a, a, a funeral today, and there was an audience in front of me. I didn't know anybody there, and if I had that attitude, I would have spoken a few words, a few words of you know wisdom, comfort. But I gave the gospel because right. I want people to know. Jesus. And I think that as Christians that, um, and I, again, say this to my congregation, I pray that we have a heart for the lost, because this is real, and hell is real, and heaven is real. And and we should be weeping, and we should, our hearts should break when we see that people, you know, are lost around us that we care for. So certainly we should um, be okay. concerned and have that heart for people. And, you know, and um, that that's what I hope that we do, and that we're praying for people, that their eyes be open and, and their hearts and their be open. hear the gospel. Yeah. Absolutely, Steve. So, Amen. All right. Thanks well, thank for your you. call. Appreciate it. You God have a blessed you. day, Steve. Uh-huh. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Absolutely, we should have a heart for the lost. And what I pray to everybody that's listening right now, that you have a heart for family members and for friends and for neighbors and for coworkers. And uh, because heaven is real and, and hell is real and we're all facing eternity. And what I hope and pray is that uh, you and I, we have the opportunity to give the gospel, the good news to others. And that's what people need. They they need the good news. They need to know that Jesus came and died for them and rose again from the grave and that he has provided forgiveness. The greatest need of any man or any woman is to be forgiven of sin and to come to Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, the life. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way, not a way, and that we would care enough about people to give that message to them because all of us will stand before God. And as Philippians 2 says, that Paul writes that every knee shall bow to Jesus Christ, uh, to the glory of God the Father. And uh, I want to bow now on this side of eternity 
because those who don't will be forced to do so. So we want to give the love of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. So good call, Steve. Appreciate your comments. And uh, give me a call. We have open lines, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Christopher in Denver. Christopher? Yes, uh, Pastor Jeff. uh, Thank you for taking my call. Uh, You're welcome. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. Thank you for asking. Um, My question, uh, I was listening to your your program, uh, your service before this program, and you were talking about uh, legalism and um, and the uh, shepherd uh, doctrine. Um, I so over a decade over a decade ago, I had been in a church that was <clears throat> separating the men from the women. And as you had mentioned, my question was: You had uh, Revelation two six regarding a group of people called the. Um, uh, you were talking about legalism and the the um, like Nicolaitans. Uh, I can't pronounce it properly. I apologize. No, you're good. So um, I I was hoping you can expound on those people. Yeah. Jesus was writing to the churches um, there at the end of the first century, and they were literal churches with these characteristics. And in chapter 2, verse 6, and Jesus says to the church of, of Ephesus, Ephesus was the main church, they're in Proconsular Asia. They were a church that really stood for truth. They were ones that he commends them on your patient. I know your labors. Uh, you stand for truth. Um, and he goes on and he says, but this you have too, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So we know that Jesus uh, says, I hate the, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Also, to the church at Pergamos, which was the compromising church, he says the same thing. He says to them, Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. So why does Jesus hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? Nico means to rule. Uh, It's like the word, that's where the word Nike comes from. We all know about Nike go and buy some Nike shoes, and you'll jump higher, you'll run faster, you'll rule over people. So that's where it comes from. Nico means to rule, and a laetin comes from the word laity, to rule over the the people, the laity. So there was something going on in the early church that there was those who came along that were ruling over the people uh, with a heavy hand. I think that John, perhaps, gives Hannah that in Third John. You might want to read about this a little bit and research it a little bit. In Third John, uh, which is a short epistle, it's only 14 verses long, but he says this. He says that, um, that I wrote to the church, Diotrephus, who loves to have preeminence among them, does not receive us. And he goes on to say, Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does. Pratin, um, that is talking nonsense, against us with malicious words, and not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to putting them out of the church. So here John is rebuking this guy publicly, Diotrephus, who was ruling over the people with a heavy hand. Uh, he was uh, one that, um, you know, forbid those uh, to, you know, uh, coming to the church or 
kicking them out of the church. So the Nicolaitans, uh, uh, Christopher, seems to be this heavy-handed ruling over the people. It, it perhaps can be seen in a shepherding doctrine, um, the shepherding doctrine where you have to report to an elder. That elder is going to rule over you. You can't do anything without the permission of the elder. Um, you you know can't marry this certain person. You can't take this job. There's certain churches that are like that. There are certain churches that 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 love to rule over the people and how they dress. Um, even what phone? I, I, I talked to somebody not long ago that they were going to a church that you cannot have this certain type of cell phone. That you have to have a flip phone. And if you do have this certain cell phone, you know, like most of us have smartphones, then you're not saved and, and you're not a real Christian. So that's a heavy-handed ruling over the people. And and even when there's the doctrine that says you have to come to me to, you know, receive forgiveness, to go to the Lord, Jesus says, I hate that doctrine because the wonderful thing about being a Christian is we can go directly to him. And we have the Word of God to guide us. We have uh, the Holy Spirit, as I was just talking with Steve about, that dwells in our hearts to guide us and direct us. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, and Jesus doesn't like it when somebody comes in and starts to rule over us with a heavy hand. Now, the other example of that, Christopher, too, was in 2 Corinthians. You can read that letter, and Paul is writing to the Corinthians who had these guys that came along, and they would call themselves most eminent apostles. They were ruling over the people with a heavy hand. And, and Paul is addressing them. And they were putting Paul down. They were saying, don't listen to Paul. You know, his speech is contemptible. Look at him. He's wearing this, you know, these sweaty tent, you know, making clothes. And you need to listen to us. And Paul says, you put up with them. Those most eminent apostles were even punching the people in the face, Paul writes in Second Corinthians. So those are examples of ruling with a heavy hand. And Paul writes to the Corinthians, I'm not here to rule over you. I'm here to be helpers of your joy. And I think that that is um, just an important, important uh, understanding for us who shepherd. Because as I shepherd, I'm going to give truth. There is going to be guarding. There's going to be feeding. But I can't rule over people. I, I want people to go to Jesus. I want people to look past me and to have a relationship with him. I want to be a blessing to them. I want to be a helper of their joy, and I want to encourage them in their walk with the Lord. And so hopefully that helps kind of as we look at the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Amen. Yeah, fantastic. I really appreciate that thorough uh, explanation, and I will uh, check out uh, the Second Corinthians and Third John. Uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, and Christopher, one of the things is that when you read Second Corinthians, I love Second Corinthians because Paul shares his heart about ministry, and in a more personal way than any other epistle. And I think that you'll really see the heart of a pastor and a shepherd as you go through Second Corinthians, and um, it should be our heart. Uh, he says we didn't come peddling the word of God. We didn't take anything from you. We gave to you freely. So it's a great book. And then uh, First uh, uh, John or Third John, that third epistle. You might look at that in Diotrephus and do some reading on that. Okay. Thank you so much.
You bet, Christopher. God bless you. God bless you as well. All right. We're getting ready to go to break. Uh, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. And uh, I believe that we do have open lines. And so grab it right now as we're going to go to break. It's the only break that we have on Calvary Live. And uh, so afterwards, we're going to come back, continue uh, talking about the things of the Lord. Uh, Maybe you got a prayer request, and maybe you got uh, a question that you have that you need clarity and understanding. So love to to have you uh, just talk to us, and and let's talk about the things of the Lord. That text number, 720-336-0897. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Biggs of Calvary Greeley. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Jeff Biggs up in Greeley, Colorado, and I am here to take your questions and your prayer requests. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. We have some open lines. I do want to, as I'm getting word, um, I was... Uh, before we came on the air here at 4 o'clock Colorado time, uh, I was uh, doing a uh, funeral on the graveside, uh, but getting word this afternoon that there has been a shooting, um, at least seven students injured in uh, Highland uh, uh, Ranch uh, at the STEM school, and seven injured is what's being reported and uh, other reports, I, uh, you are probably hearing the news. Most of you, Highlands Ranch is a south sur- suburb of Denver in Douglas County. And so um, they have two suspects and maybe a third one. So we want to be praying for them. And yet another uh, shooting, and it just breaks our hearts. We want to pray for all those students who were injured, uh, the students that were affected, all the families. We want to pray for the first responders. And this is um, very, very um, unfortunate. And uh, once again, a a school shooting here in Colorado. Uh, This happens all too often. And so we want to pray. Um, Our kids are the most valuable resource that we have. So those of you, if you're listening on Calvary Live, and um, you've been affected by this down in the uh, Highlands Ranch area at STEM School. We are praying for you. We're going to continue to pray for you. And so, Father, we just pray for those students as we're getting uh, word. Um, as I'm just starting to read about it, I'm sure there's a lot of information that's trying to be gathered right now, a lot of information that uh, parents and, and students are wondering about. But, Lord, what we do know, we do pray for those students who have been injured in the STEM school and Highlands Ranch. We pray for uh, recovery. We pray for the medical teams that are treating them. Um, we pray for the hospitals that are receiving them. We also pray for their healing. And, Father, I pray for uh, all the students at the school that have been deeply affected by this, whether they were physically injured, we know that emotionally uh, they have been injured. And uh, 
Father, I pray for the first responders, um, that as they are investigating this, as they're keeping the kids safe, as the, perhaps uh, there may be some uh, things out there that uh, haven't been uh, finalized as far as suspects, that, Lord, that, um, that that they would, if there is any, apprehend it. I, I pray that, um, Lord, that uh, you be with the teachers and the staff of the school. Uh, and, Lord, we just pray all around that, Lord, that you would um, be in this situation where you're ministering and being used and, Lord, bringing comfort and into this situation. I pray that uh, there would be chaplains that would be available. I pray that there would be uh, uh, pastors in that area that are available uh, to give help and, and comfort and peace. So, Lord, um, it breaks our hearts as we hear of another school shooting, and it just seems like it happens all too often. And, Lord, we just pray that you keep our kids safe, uh, especially as the school year is closing right now, uh, that there be a hedge of protection. Um, it seems like, um, Lord, that it is something that they have to deal with constantly. And, Lord, I pray you give the schools uh, just wisdom in when it comes to security. And we pray for our churches and, and for businesses. We live in a, a society where this happens uh, so often. So, Lord, we just lift up this situation to you. Those students who have been injured, we just pray all the way around um, that um, that you would just bring healing and peace and work. Show yourself strong on their behalf. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. It breaks our hearts, doesn't it? We're going to be praying for you guys down in on Highlands Ranch and uh, praying for those students, praying for the staff. And um, we are going to be, we need to be praying for our kids that go to school every day for protection, praying for our churches. Uh, we need to be praying for our country uh, because we see this all too often. So um, word is coming out and, and continues, so we'll continue to pray. Thank you for all those who, who are letting us know about um, the situation here. And I know many of you have texts, getting a lot of texts. I'm just kind of going through them um, that uh, you asked for prayer, so we're going to continue to do that and and bring that comfort to them. Well, let's, let me go back. Let me find my way back to the call screen. 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on Calvary Live. Let's go to EVEX in New Jersey. Is it EVEX? Yes. Did I say that? How are yes. you, EVEX? I'm fine. How are you? I'm, I'm good. You're on Calvary Live. Yes. Um, I want to know uh, what is Jesus' real name? His name was, uh, in the Hebrew, was Yeshua. So, Yeshua, which means the Lord thy salvation. And it's interesting, Evex, because back in, in that day when Jesus was born, there were lots and lots of, of um, you know, little babies named Yeshua. Uh, it's, you know, um, Joshua um, um, in the Greek, um, I believe. Um, so, um, so... Uh, Yahshua, uh, um, his name, the Lord thy salvation. And as Jesus was born, you remember that the announcement came to uh, to Mary that you're going to bear a son, and his name shall be called Jesus. And Matthew records how 
uh, Joseph was told the same thing, that Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is in her is conceived of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and shall name his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So there are a lot of babies that were named Yahshua, but heaven named Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus, Yahshua, the Lord thy salvation. And it was like heaven was saying, this is the one. This is the one that's going to do it. This is the one who's going to save, um, you know, the world and die for the sins of the world. Yahshua, the Lord, thy salvation. Well, why don't they use his real name? Well, it's, you got to remember that in the New Testament, it's written in Greek. So his name is Jesus. In the Hebrew, it's Yahshua. And uh, so some people use the name Yahshua. Uh, if you go to Israel or if you have, um, you know, Jewish believers, they say Yahshua. Uh, I believe in Yahshua is what they say. And uh, But in the New Testament, as you come, his name is Jesus. Uh, there in the Greek, as it's written in Greek. But didn't the Bible say there's no other name? There's no other name. Which man no can other be saved? Yeah, and it's... It's more than just a name, um, because like I said, there was many, many babies that were born that, you know, at that time, Yahshua, Jesus, the Lord, thy salvation. But Jesus, it speaks of, and of course, Jesus said, when you pray, pray in my name, it's speaking about the essence and the nature and the character of Jesus. And he is the one that is divine. He's the son of God. There is no other. His name is lifted above every other name so that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to, you know, that Jesus Christ is Lord, to God uh, the Father, to the glory of God the Father. So it's speaking also of his, his nature, his character, his essence, that his deity, that he is the Son of God. Now, I know he's the Son of God, but I don't understand why they translated his name, why won't they just use a real... I understand your explanation, but you know it's God. Why would you... Why would they change his name? I don't get that. I realize that it's been translated, but we can all say Yeshua. They could have translated the whole Bible, but left his name the way it is. Yeah, and so, you know, that's... That's I, I don't have any problem using the name Jesus and um at all. So if that's your conviction, then use the name Yeshua. Well, I just don't understand why the churches don't use his real name. Well, it, it is his real name. Um it's the Greek translation that you're getting from the Hebrew. So Okay? another question. Yeah, go ahead, Evex. Now, I respect your program. I've listened to it. I don't listen to it a lot because I don't be in my car a lot. I only hear you in my car. <laughs> but um, I really like your program, and I'm not calling, calling to make a problem. I just really want to know the answers to these questions, and your right. program seems to answer every question. So. I just want to know the, the answer if you have it. That's you know what I got for that's question. what I got. Yeah, one go ahead, Evex. Mm-hmm. Do you have time for one more question? Yep, got a quick for a quick question. Yeah, because I got people waiting. 
Okay. Why do um, the whole world um, make everyone think that Jesus is white? And I'm not prejudiced. I don't have anything against white. But why do they make the whole world think that Jesus is white when Jesus is of color and have woolly hair? And everybody know it. All the churches know it. Yeah, he's he was Jewish, right? So chances are he was of uh, you know darker skin, a Jewish descent. Um, you know, so I I don't know why you know somebody gave you know will give a picture of Jesus blue blonde hair blue eyes. Um, we don't have a description of Jesus. Uh, all we know is that a description of Jesus in Revelation. Well, yeah, that's his glorified state that's given there. Um, but when he was on earth, we don't have a description of Jesus. Um, it says that there was no, um, his appearance would not cause us, Isaiah says, um, to, de- you know, to desire him. Um, there's, um, he was a Jewish man. Um, the religious leaders uh, gave us a hint that maybe he looked older than what he really was because they said you're not but 50 years old and Jesus was in his early 30s. So there is no physical description of Jesus when he walked on this earth, but we do know that he was of Jewish descent and probably looked like uh, um, somebody who would be Jewish back uh, in Israel 2,000 years ago. But the Jewish people are not white. No, they're not. So... I just wonder. I mean, the truth is the truth. It needs to right. come right. out the way it's supposed to be. And it doesn't you know, matter it... to me what color Jesus is. But right. the color in the Bible says that he's he's got dark skin and he has woolly mm-hmm. hair. So that so... is of color with woolly hair. I don't understand. Another, They have another Jesus out there, and they call him Jesus. And his name is not Jesus. It's Yeshua. Uh-huh. But well, I'm not sure we It's making everybody think that this is the real Jesus. Yeah, everybody loves Jesus. Everybody loves him. But mm-hmm. why not tell put the real Jesus out there? And all yeah, the preachers, I, all the churches are doing this when they know well, the truth is right in the Bible. Right, right. And Evex, one of the things is I, I don't know where that reference is that he had woolly hair, um, but. There's no physical description given of him. He was Jewish descent. I went to Sudan, and not the whole world is per se portraying Jesus as white, because I went to southern Sudan, and the kids, you know, had paintings of the the apostles and of Jesus in the Sunday school, and um, they were black, and that's all they know. They they that's their culture, that's their country. So um, it's not the whole world that believes that, but I think the important thing is is believe in who Jesus is, the deity of Jesus. Um, his name is above every other name um, rather than the physical um, description of Jesus. So that's my take on it. So thanks, Evex. Appreciate you calling. We're going to move on. Let's go to uh, Andre in Philadelphia. Andre? Hey, uh, hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. You're on Calvary Live. Thanks. I had a question about the uh, Fourth Commandment, uh, keeping the Sabbath holy. So mm-hmm. I had lunch. I recently had lunch with someone that um, is a Seventh-day Adventist, 
And right. we started talking about salvation, and the main thing I got from this person that I was having lunch with was that um, uh, they believed that you're saved by faith, but you also have to keep uh, the fourth commandment. You have to keep all of the commandments. So I tried telling telling them that, uh, you know, we're saved by faith, faith alone, and, you know, that's it, nothing else. Um, right. But they were pretty adamant about bringing up this fourth commandment, about keeping the Sabbath. So I just wanted to, and um, I wanted to hear your take on what is the practical application of that commandment. Yeah, um, because it, it can kind of... It can kind of rock you a little bit, and there are those who will come along and say, well, you have to keep the Sabbath. You have to keep the Fourth Commandment. There are others that will call and say you have to be baptized. So the first thing I want to address is that we are saved by faith alone, period. Um, It isn't dependent upon what day you worship. So what he's saying to you is wrong. It's not biblical. Uh, We know all throughout Scripture, there's so much Scripture to back that up. I think that uh, if you have opportunity to talk to him again, you can ask him, as Paul in the book of Romans, of course, that's the the theme of Romans is the gospel, right? Paul tells us how we all need the gospel, chapters 1, 2, and 3, and then chapter 3, he begins to give that doctrine of justification. And he says that we've been justified freely by his grace through the redemption um, that is in Christ Jesus. So he right away begins to tell us that we are justified freely. That word freely means you cannot earn it. That is given to you freely by what Jesus did. And we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. So Paul makes it very clear when you continue in that doctrine of justification. Let me read it to you, um, Andre, uh, in chapter 5 as he talks about that salvation. He says, but... The free gift is not like the offense. He talks about how the gift by grace is by one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. That's verse 15. He goes on and says in verse 16, but the free gift, which comes from many offenses, resulted in justification. That's verse 16. Verse 17 of the chapter, that we have received abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ, in man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, that is, Jesus' righteous act, resulting in justification of life. He goes on and says in verse 20, again, that um, that we are saved freely by grace. I don't know how plain Paul can make it that there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves for salvation, first of all. Second of all, if we say that, oh, you're saved by faith, but you have to worship on a certain day— you have to be baptized, you have to do this religious act. What you're saying is Jesus' death on the cross was not sufficient for salvation and forgiveness of sin. That when Jesus, Jesus cried out, it is finished, that really it wasn't finished, you got to finish. So now the question is, as you establish that, what do you say to those who say that you have to keep the Sabbath? In the church, In Acts chapter 15, you can go back and you can read it. And there was the Jerusalem council that was meeting. Paul and and, and the guys from Antioch come cruising up to Jerusalem to meet with uh, Peter and John and James and the guys there in Jerusalem. Some of the Pharisees were there. Some of the Pharisees got saved in Acts chapter 15. You read about that. 
And the question is, what are we going to tell these Christians? Do they have to be, these Gentile Christians, circumcised and keep the law of Moses? It was the Pharisees that were saying, yes, they have to be circumcised, they have to keep the law of Moses. So Christianity at that time was in real danger of of being just another sect of Judaism. So, of course, in Acts chapter 15, as you go through it, we see that Peter speaks about, you know, uh, Gentiles coming to salvation through faith. Why do we want to put this yoke of legalism on them that our fathers couldn't keep? James stands up and he says to them something very important. He says, we need to tell these Gentile Christians that this is what they're to do, that uh, what they're to do is, uh, so they're not troubled, uh, that we write to them to abstain from things polluted uh, by idols, number one, from sexual immorality, number two, because they were coming out of that in, in paganism, thirdly, from things strangled, and then from blood, that is roadkill. Don't, don't eat it. So that's what we tell them. If they do these things, they are doing well. Nothing about the Sabbath. If the Sabbath was absolutely necessary for salvation, do you think they would have mentioned it? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Uh, probably, they, probably, they, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, probably they would have. There's no doubt in my mind they would have. So they didn't mention the Sabbath. Paul comes along, and he's writing to the Church of Colossae, to these Gentile uh, Christians. And in Colossae, he says to them, and let me give it to you, I'll find my place there, that he says, as listen, it isn't legalism, it's all about Christ. And he says that, let no one judge you in food and drink regarding a festival or new moons or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. So what he's telling us is Christ, he's our Sabbath rest, that he's the reality, um, that, that, why do you want to go back to the the substance when we have the reality Christ? Paul writes something in Romans. He says in Romans, talking about our uh, liberty that we have in Christ, he says, one man esteems one day above another, one man esteems every day alike. You be convinced in your own mind. I'm one that I esteem every day alike. Um, so if somebody wants to keep the Sabbath, then worship on the Sabbath but it is not necessary for salvation. And to say that you're not saved because you don't worship on the Sabbath, what they're saying, if you don't belong to our group, then you're not saved is a false doctrine, completely wrong, and it denies the gospel message. And Paul in Galatians, he would say, if anybody brings any other gospel than what we have brought, then let them be a curse. And Paul was dealing with those Judaizers that were coming along saying, you have to be circumcised, you have to keep the law of Moses, and Paul says, I worry for you. I'm concerned for you, is what he would write to them, um, that you would go back to the weak and beggarly elements. And uh, he, again, in Galatians, writes that knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And, and Andre, I know that you may know this, but there are people listening to this radio program. They need to be established in that because they get beat up all the time. They get confused by people who come along and say, you have to be baptized. You have to keep the Sabbath. You have to you know, be circumcised. You have to do these things. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves for salvation. It is finished. 
it is done, and we come in faith. I agree with you 100%. Do I have time for a quick follow-up? Sure, absolutely. So while I was uh, speaking with them, I tried bringing up how, you know, uh, Jesus, he, um, in the New Testament, he uh, expounded on some of the commandments from the Old Testament. You know, he said, if you're angry with someone, that's, you know, you're already uh, in danger of the fire of hell. You know, if you look at someone with loss, you've already committed adultery with someone in your heart. And then um, another instance, when he was walking through a field with his disciples, uh, you know, um, the Pharisees, they got upset that they were working on the Sabbath, and then Jesus tells them, tells them that he is Lord of the Sabbath. So um, could you expand on that a little bit? What What does that mean? Well, the Sabbath was made to be a day of refreshment, to, to be renewed. What the Pharisees were doing is making it a day of legality and, and being a burden. So what Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, that it is to be a day of, to be refreshed and renewed in the Lord. That's what he's saying to them. Because the religious leaders were you know, rebuking the, the disciples because I believe they were threshing grain there in the field. The yeah. religious leaders came along and said, that's unlawful. You can't do that. Um, that's considered work. And they weren't breaking the law in threshing wheat because that was provided in the Old Testament. If you were poor, you could go to the corners of the field. You could do that. They were hungry. And and here they were upset because they were doing it on the Sabbath. So the religious leaders, the Pharisees, who were trying to keep the most minute details of the law— we're really putting a burden on the people. Yeah, you couldn't. They said you couldn't spit on the ground on the Sabbath. Do you know that? Because mm. that could your saliva could mix with the the ground, and that be considered, you know, making mortar. Um, you can't, you know, rub grain in your hand because that's threshing. And what they would do is rub the grain in their hand. The chaff would separate from the grain. They would blow the chaff and and eat the grain. You can't do that. Unlawful. And they were very upset at Jesus because he healed on the Sabbath. And as you go through the Gospels, you see that that Jesus would address that. Uh, they were upset because he healed. He said, what man of you wouldn't pull out a animal that fell into a pit on the Sabbath day? Here I am doing good, and you're upset about that and trying to put burdens on people. So instead of being a day of refreshment in the Lord and, and being a day of uh, being blessed in the Lord and being renewed in the Lord, it ended up being a day of legality, and it, it took people away from the Lord. So Jesus is saying, listen, I'm your Sabbath rest. I'm the, the Lord of the Sabbath. And I think the Sabbath is a good principle for Christians to have a day where we slow down, where we focus on the Lord, and and where we, you know, are renewed in the Lord. I think that's an important principle for us. Um, they have a day of rest, but it may not be on Saturday. For some people, it may be in the middle of the week. Um, and also, Jesus would address them and said, don't you know? You know, he'd talk about the priest, uh, that they worked on the Sabbath. They they had to go in and, and, and work and, and things like that. I have to work on Sunday, uh, there, you know, and on Saturdays. But it's a good principle, but it's not necessary for justification. Great. Thank you. You bet, Andre. God bless you. God bless you, too. Okay. We're coming to the end of the show. I'm going to try to get Chris in from Thornton. 
So if we just got a couple minutes. Chris? Yes, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Hey, I only got a couple minutes. I got two minutes. So you got a quick question? Yeah, real quick. I kind of summed it up while I was thinking about it. What would be good reference material for somebody who's been divorced, especially if you're a man? It's kind of hard for us because the thing is we're dealing with a rough set of rules. And um, I've been having issues with, you know, the way the the magistrates have been or uh, the judges have been kind of uh, giving out just, you know, the money that I work hard for for my kids. And they give it to the ex-spouse, and it's just, it doesn't seem fair. I kill myself every day to go ahead and bring home a paycheck, find out some bad stuff happened, and then it gets worse, the divorce happens, and then now they expect me to go ahead and reward this type of behavior. And the thing is, I'm not the only one out there. Right. And the thing is, Chris, I'm sorry for the, the legal struggles you're going through and all that, but, you know, there are certain things that frustrate you. There are certain things that I have, um, you know, I can't understand what you're going through because I'm not you. But I know it's hard and it's difficult and it's very frustrating. But y- your focus is going to be, um, do you have children? Yeah, I have two beautiful is, sons. You minister to them and you be the best father you can for them in a situation that you're in. So wish we had more time. Uh, be praying for you, Chris. Hey, that's the end of the show. Thank you, everybody, for calling in. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.